Hi everyone, welcome back to Medical Musings with Sam. I um, posted this week on my forum, Medical Musings with Friends, a segment called Any Questions. I wanted to invite my forum members to ask me anything about my life, my disease, my writing. It was just an open book kind of segment. Interestingly, the recurring question or theme to the questions was how do you manage to write when you are in extreme pain? It's a really interesting question because for me, writing and pain are so intertwined. So my answer may not be quite what anybody had expected. So I'm currently in an extreme pain cycle. I just There's just so much going on with my bones at the moment and very little helps. So um, <laughs> that's really a very civilised way of putting it. So, you know, as I said, my bone disease is progressing and my entire skeleton just seems to be under attack. Put plainly, I just hurt. But pain is such a personal thing. It's, you know, something that we can all relate to in varying levels and we all have very individual reactions to it, whether we, you know, have an actual disease that's causing the pain or, you know, whether we stub our toe, pain is pain and, and the way we respond to it is, as I said, a very individual reaction. So some people with high level chronic pain, they just withdraw altogether and, you know, I can really understand that. Some people cry, some laugh, some are silent, some sleep, some can't sleep, some eat and some can't eat. It just takes their appetite away. Others, like me, tend to talk or write about it. And partly I talk about it or I write about it because it names it. Writing in particular takes the pain out of my body and puts it into words. It helps me acknowledge it and it actually helps me make changes to my day and my week and even the month ahead in order to manage it or to at least think I'm managing it. So writing is just so cathartic and as I write, even though my pain remains, I actually feel a sense of calm and peace. I also write about my pain to encourage others to feel free to talk about their experiences. After all, we all know a problem shared is a problem halved, right? So as I think today about how I'm going to try and move through the next hour, the day and the week ahead, one thing is certain, my pain can't be easily removed. Another recurring question that came up in this particular segment of any questions was how do you cope with the stress and anxiety of pain and disease? I said before that I'm really blessed not to suffer from depression or um, have a mental illness of any description. And, you know, given the um, intensity of my disease the symptoms um, that I have with it I'm just so so grateful for that it doesn't mean though that I don't have low days it doesn't mean that I don't feel depressed at times I mean I think we all do in life there's there's um we'd be we'd be kidding ourselves to say we don't but um I don't have you know that that situation where I can't get out of it which is um which, as I said, is a real blessing for me. But, you know, 
So how do I deal with just ordinary stress and anxiety that comes from just being chronically ill and um, you know, having so much of my old life taken away from me and having to live an incredibly different life. So pain's my constant companion, but I'm determined to remain joyful. And joy can be in the moment or it can be looking ahead to anticipated joy. And I think that that's really important. And I guess what I'm talking about here is a good dose of happy daydreaming never hurt anyone. And it certainly helps to take the focus of my pain onto happier things. So I may not be able to do something today like go for a beautiful drive in the country or um, perhaps have a couple of nights away somewhere, but I can think about it. I can daydream about it. I can even plan it in my head um, or look online and and look at beautiful places to stay and and just think about how nice that would be. And that helps because anything that you do to distract you from thinking about the pain helps you manage the pain. It doesn't take it away, but it just helps you cope with the intensity of it. And, you know, pain takes so much from us or just disease, you know, chronic disease in general takes so much from us. So no matter your your level of your pain or the intensity of your disease symptoms, no matter your disease, it's just so important that we find a way to take the focus from it and to focus on something else. And you know, believe me, I know it's not as simple as putting a smile on your face and thinking happy thoughts. It's definitely not easy. Living with pain is like walking through a battlefield. You try and move forward, you're cowering and you're wondering where the enemy is and where the next attack will be coming from. But like soldiers, we learn to fight another day. Chronic pain keeps us constantly wounded, all to varying degrees, but no one wants to be defeated. We want to find ways to reclaim our lives. We need to find ways to conquer our enemy. Everyone's battle is different. But every battle story is just so inspiring and encouraging. And I get to hear so many of them on my forum, Medical Musings with Friends, every single day. And just in the chronic illness blogging community it's um, and patient advocacy community, it's just an absolute honour to read how others live daily with varying degrees um, of disease whether it be multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, rare diseases, cancer, um, you know, uh, injuries, brain injuries, whatever it might be, it's just amazing to hear and read their stories. So muse upon your own story. Look at what you've achieved despite your pain, despite your disease, with your pain, through your pain. You'll be so amazed to see just how strong you really are. If you love something, such as writing or a hobby, try doing it when you're in a high level of pain. See if the activity does begin to lower your pain and the anxiety that it can bring. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain by giving it a go. So on this particular segment, you know, ask anything, any any questions. The other questions posed to me were mostly related to my writing. One of my forum members asked me, how do you come up with writing ideas and do you plan your blog posts? 
well, I tend to have blog titles pop into my head um, or article titles. Once I settle on a title, I just set time aside to write. I don't stew over it. I actually don't structurally plan my blog posts. It's literally, literally writing from the heart. I write as if I'm talking to friends or I'm jotting entries in a journal. It's just the way I've always written and it kind of just gives me a sense of freedom. Once I've got it all down, I'll reread it, I'll edit it and then pretty much I'll publish immediately. In general, a blog post takes me maybe two hours from start to finish and that includes um, creating a graphic for it as well. So um, yeah, I don't I don't make it a, a, a laborsome process. It's something I love. So um, I just get on with it and I just get so entrenched in what I'm doing that um, I just keep going. So I was also asked, did you write before you were diagnosed with a chronic disease? Well, yeah, I have always written. Uh, I loved English and English literature at school and then I studied freelance journalism and non-fiction writing um, post, um, you know, post-school. I wrote a book in um, 1989 actually about the history and restoration of a historic church building in our local community. I was actually the administrator for the restoration project so um, it was told from my perspective but I interviewed many community members uh, who had memories of the building from 1916 and it was just such an amazing project Um, and even conducting those interviews and delving into the history was just um just amazing I absolutely loved it I was only in my very early 20s as well so it was a a real great honor to um, be commissioned to write that book in my management leadership career uh, writing communications speeches training uh, it was all crucial in all of my roles so my passion uh, for it continued uh, for writing continued and you know was able to flourish so yeah always written um just a real joy to do to do it something I just yeah just love can't imagine not doing it then there was a bit of a fun question that was asked um which was Sam if you could be a child again with a million possibilities for a career or a country to live in etc what would it be and I was told it had to be different to my actual life story so far not a difficult question for me at all my answer was really easy I I immigrated to Australia with my parents when I was three and I absolutely love Australia and um, it's home. I can't in in many regards imagine living anywhere else. But if I had, um, you know, in answer to the question, if I could be a child again with a million possibilities for a career and a country to live in, what would I do? I would stay in the UK rather than immigrating to Australia and I would run a boutique bed and breakfast in the English countryside. And yes, I do watch far too many episodes of Escape to the Country, but um, I just love it. And um, one of my friends actually messaged me when I had put this in, in a blog post and said, um, what about France though and, and a chateau? And, and she knows that I've been watching a lot of YouTube um, chateau owners restoring their chateaus. And I would love to do that as well. So either the UK or France, um either a boutique bed and breakfast or a beautiful shadow running a bed and breakfast or a wedding um, venue, I, I would be in my element. So, yes, wouldn't that be nice? There's a bit of daydreaming for me. There were a few more questions, but um, I'll end with this one because I think it's probably, um, yeah, really 
really uh, an important one. So the question that I was posed, um, what's one tip you would share with the rest of us with chronic disease? And I do absolutely love this question. I have a little bit of a catchphrase for this and it's chronic illness is a part of our lives. It's not all of our lives. I've said this on many of um, previous podcast episodes, but it's true. It's what I believe. Chronic illness is a part of our lives. It's not all of our lives. And that would be my biggest tip. Do not let chronic illness dictate everything about your life. It's just, you know, it's hard not to sometimes. I get that. But we are so much more than our chronic diseases. And I wrote a blog post um, a little while ago, and I'm not sure whether I did a podcast on it, but it was called A Case of Chronic Illness Overload. And um, I was feeling really overloaded by my own chronic disease and I had done um, so much work on my forum and, and supporting other people and their own stories were just kind of overloading me as well and I, I love their stories but I was just you know, at that point where we all get sometimes where you just have to step away and have a bit of a break and it made me think about that very phrase that I've just said chronic illness is a part of our lives it's not all of our lives it made me step back and think okay who am I aside from this disease because this is just not me you know I've I've lived <laughs> many 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 years and and my life is more than this. And it is, you know, and, and I listed out everything that I was. I'm a wife. I'm an auntie. I'm a, um, a, a you know, I have a step family. I, 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 I love writing. I love going for drives in the countryside. I love interior decorating. And I just kept listing all the things that were me. You know, I, I'm a leader. I'm, I'm a, um, you know, all, all the things, um, a communicator, all the things that, that have been strong things in my life and, and still remain today in different ways. And by the time I'd finished the list, it was huge, um, you know, and then I encouraged other people to do the same thing. And it was really good because it did all make a lot of us step back and go, well, yeah, we are so much more than our diseases. So in answer to that question, you know, what's one tip? that you would share with the rest of us with chronic disease. Chronic illness is a part of our lives. It's not all of our lives. Reclaim the things in your life that are still you. List out those things that you still love to do and you can still do and hold on to them and remind yourself of them day after day after day because um, that's the real you and you're still there. You're still there despite the pain, despite the chronic disease, despite the symptoms. So if any of you have questions you'd like to ask me, I would so love to answer them. So, um, you know, in the uh, comment section, um, please let me let me know and um, if there's any questions. And as I said, um, I will get back to you as soon as I can and, and answer them as well. So thank you so much for um, being with me today on Medical Musings with Sam. It's been a bit of a different post today. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it and um, I look forward to chatting with you all next time. So take care, everybody. Lots of love. Bye. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Medical Musings with Sam. I can't believe I haven't recorded a podcast since June last year. So much happened in 2021 um, that 
I've continued blogging, I've continued with my forum um, and that's been a real joy but I really have let the podcast drop and I apologise to those of you that have been following me on the podcast um, in the past for not being there for you in this um, in this way but I'm back and I'm hoping to um, you know, at least do a podcast once a month if not twice a month. So we'll see how we go but for now here's today's and the first for 2022. Can you believe it? 2022. I just want to recap a little bit of um, what happened I guess last year quite a, quite a bit and many of you know um, the circumstances and uh, my dad passed away at Easter last year so um, it's only been eight or nine months since his passing which has been difficult because I absolutely adored him and I miss him so so much um, and then I ended up in hospital for five weeks in September. Um, I woke up uh, I think it was about the 5th or 6th of September and um, I just couldn't walk. I couldn't uh, move my left leg. I I couldn't make it to the toilet, nothing. I was just completely crippled. Um, my husband and I thought, well, let's just try and ride it out for 24 hours and see if perhaps it's a disease flare and um, things might get better, which we did. But the fact that I couldn't get off the bed um, was not ideal and I literally mean I couldn't get off the bed it wasn't even a case of you know um, exaggerating that in any way shape or form so the the next morning we rang my specialist and he basically said get to hospital ring an ambulance did that um, ended up in hospital for five weeks unable to sit upright um, unable to walk unable to um, barely roll over in bed uh, the reason was <laughs> uh, my spine, as uh, many of you know, is um, being uh, attacked by my bone disease and the left-hand side at the lumbar at L4, L5 had collapsed onto a, a bunch of nerves basically, um, layman's terms here, and um, was basically paralysing me in terms of being able to uh, sit upright or walk um, or, yeah, have any kind of normal mobility. So... Um, Nobody really knew what was going to happen. Oh, on top of that, too, the MRI showed that I had a sacral fracture on the left-hand side too. So that was the acute episode that happened there as well. Um, there was discussion about me having to be put into a nursing home because I wasn't even at a position at the four-week mark of being able to go into rehab. I was pretty determined that that wasn't going to happen. Um, the physios were trying all kinds of equipment to try and get me upright and standing, but none of it was working. And um, I would get completely paralysed to the point where uh, nobody could get me out of that, that position and it was just horrific for everybody concerned. The only way was to literally be kind of pushed through uh, that pain and lay completely flat and get the spine completely straight and then the, the nerve would be released. But, oh, it was just horrendous. Eating, lying down, I had bed baths for over seven weeks um, and I am still not right. I'm home. I convinced them to allow me to get home because um, one morning with the physio, I had been thinking about my whole circumstances during the night, one night in hospital, and I thought, you know what, I feel like if I don't try and get off the bed slowly, if I like try and fling myself off and stand upright with a walker, my walker, I might be able to just do it. I just felt mentally I could kind of 
quickly get my body to do it. Anyway, the physio came in the next morning and I rang, I ran that idea past him and he said, you know what, let's just go for it. We've got nothing to lose. And I did it. <laughs> I don't know how I did it, but I did it. Didn't last very long, but I did it. Um, but it just gave us a little bit of hope that with time and very conservative treatment, um, you know, the mobility might improve from what it was at that point. I need full uh, fusion surgery in my spine, but my bones, the integrity of my bones is so bad that um, there's a group of orthopedic surgeons that have all reviewed it and they just cannot take the risk, the risk of infection, the risk of surgery failure, um, and the risk of complete paralysis is just too high. So at this point, um, we're waiting to see what my new norm is going to be. So I'm home. I'm homebound. I can't really be transported anywhere unless it's via ambulance because um, at this point I need to lie down, although we are going to try and see how I go in the car with the a seat reclined and try and do like a 10-minute a drive and just sort of see how that goes. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, really, really slow, slow progress. So that's part of the reason why I haven't been podcasting because lots has been going on and is still going on. But, um, yeah, it's nice to be... Uh, back and it's nice to uh, do something a little bit different and I feel like I need to reclaim uh, something of my life again because it's just been so consumed by pain and disability and the pain is horrendous of this um, but you know I am able to sit up for a lot longer now um, I'm able to get into a shower with um, my husband on standby um, and then we just transfer me back to the bed to be able to sort of finish off, um, you know, toweling off and that kind of stuff because I can't stand for too long. But um, And unfortunately, I can't sit in shower chairs either for too long because of the upright position of those sort of things. So there's a whole heap of reasons why we have to do things a little bit differently. But I've had amazing carers coming in, amazing occupational therapists, physiotherapists. I even found a mobile dentist, would you believe? I had two teeth break, of course, you know, just the thing you want when you're in this kind of situation. And, um, but yeah, I was really um, blessed to find a mobile dentist to come in and, and put fillings in my mouth at home. It's amazing how many mobile services there are when um, you need to find them when you're completely um, house housebound, like completely housebound. So I'm learning lots as I go along as well. And, and hopefully as a, a patient advocate, I'll, um, you know, can share that information with others who are going through similar situations because I know I'm not alone. I know many people have these kind of circumstances and it's, um, it's, it's tough and it's, it's a long road, but there is hope and there is um, ways to live in these kind of circumstances. Um, yeah, so that's my challenge, which has continued into 2022. So I've done a little bit of writing as well, um, which is really, as you know, for me, very therapeutic. And one of the articles that I've written recently, <coughs> excuse me, um, is called our tapestry of life and I just wanted to share it with you because it was very much um, came it very much came out of I guess my pain it came out of my change in life circumstances and it's um, really from my heart so I hope that the message in this um, this article and, and what I want to share with you today um, might speak to you as well if you're in a place where you feel it's a bit tough 
and life is looking a little bit ugly and you'd like it to look a little bit more beautiful than it does at the moment. So it's called our tapestry of life. And I was just thinking about, you know, 2022 is here. My goodness. Um, how did that happen? But here we go. You know, will it be a good year? Is it going to be another difficult year? Will it be a happy year, a sad year? We really don't know, do we? That's the certainty, I guess, of every new year. The certainty for all of us is that none of us really know what a year will hold for us. This time last year, none of us knew how challenging 2021 will continue to be. You know, I doubt that we still thought the rampant infectious virus was going to um, seemingly be this never-ending pandemic, global pandemic. But the past two years have read more like a movie script, haven't they, than real life? And it's that kind of script that you're watching the movie and just want to wake up and think, thank goodness that's not real. But it is real. We're living in really strange times. And for those of us with chronic illness, we're dealing with strange lives as well as strange times. And that's difficult. So it's not fiction. It's so very real. And as we close 2021, I do want to take time just to remember the lives lost as a result of COVID and the lives that are continuing to be lost around the globe because of COVID. You know, as I look back over my life, every year has had highs and lows. Mostly my life has been exciting and exhilarating. And yet even the past 12 months, they even fall into that category despite my health failing me and despite losing my dad. Each year, no matter my circumstances, new opportunities to grow and learn, they've always presented and I've had a real sense of purpose. As I approach 2022 though, I just feel like I'm lacking that sense of anticipation that I usually have and maybe it's because of my pain levels and the progression of my bone disease, I really don't know. Maybe because I'm entering this new year feeling so exhausted before it even starts or maybe because it just feels like it's just more of the same that lies ahead. Maybe it's because everything about my future just feels so uncertain and the reality is my body traps me in a world where I can't make plans for today, let alone the year ahead. So the future can sound or rather depressing, can't it, if I allow myself to continue thinking along that path. I'll never dare to dream, I'll never dare to hope, I'll never dare to have faith that there could be something exciting and exhilarating around the corner. I really love wall tapestries. And I've got a beautiful tapestry hanging above my bed and it's a, a really precious gift from my husband about 10 years ago. But if you looked closely at the back of a tapestry, generally they're full of threads in a bit of a jumble. It's hard to make out what the image is from this viewpoint. But you turn it over and it reveals a perfect picture. It makes sense, unless it's abstract of course, but let's assume it's a tranquil scene. The chaos of all those jumbled threads at the back is only half of the story. They're necessary to reveal something beautiful. And you know, this is the same with our lives. Those tears, those disappointments, those missed opportunities, broken promises, all mixed with our times of laughter, new opportunities, friendship, love, hope, courage, etc. They make our life tapestry. Together, they reveal something really special. As I said, my beautiful dad passed away this year, but he left me with so many legacies. One was the love of music. You know, he used to sing a simple gospel chorus, which has stayed with me since I was a little girl. And something beautiful, something good. All my confusion, he understood. 
All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful of my life. Our lives are beautiful. They might be messy and complex at the moment, but they are in the process of revealing something beautiful, something good, as we grow and sow our unique tapestry of life through our own varying experiences. I also love this quote from Martin Luther King Jr. You don't have to see the whole staircase. You just have to take the first step. You know, that's it. I just need to step into the 1st of January 2022 and take each day one at a time, step by step. It's all any of us need to do. So step with confidence into the new year, knowing that all those messy threads thrown together as the backbone of our life's tapestry will reveal a complete picture. A picture which will eventually make sense of the chaos and the calm periods of the year ahead. I believe that God is ultimately in control of my life. I don't believe he causes difficult things to happen to me, but I do know by faith he gives me the strength, the resolve and ability to deal with the good, the bad and the downright awful. It is an uncertain new year, but as I said, every new year is. Despite the uncertainties, I still want it to be a year filled with purpose, filled with love and joy, filled with strength to deal with the difficult times, filled with hope when things seem hopeless. This year, my blog turns seven and my online support forum will be turning five on the 14th of January. Just before I started both of these ventures, I had a sense of losing purpose in my life due to my health. As 2017 started, I'd been blogging for two years and was enjoying it, but I wasn't reaching many people. While I wrote for the love of writing, I also wanted to share my experiences in the hope of helping others with chronic illness. But I couldn't see anything ahead in 2017 apart from pain, more surgery, pain and repeat the whole process. Three weeks into the year, that year, I had the idea to start an online support forum, Medical Musings with Friends, and I know some of you know this story. It was concerning me that so many people on other support forums had such complex diseases that didn't fit neatly into the particular box that these other forums needed ticking. I had an overwhelming sense chronically ill people needed a broader outlet where they could share as much or as little as they liked about their health and their life. So I started the forum on the 14th of January 2017 and a week later The Mighty, which is an online um, publication out of America for um, basically people with chronic illness, they published my first article. I nearly didn't submit the article because I felt I'd be wasting my time. I felt my writing wasn't good enough. In fact, the first submission didn't work because they had a system failure and I received an email three weeks after I'd forwarded my first article saying that all articles submitted during certain dates had to be resubmitted. So I thought there was little point and I was about to delete the email and I suddenly felt, you know what, just do it. You've got nothing to lose. Well, I was right. The article was published the next day and it resulted in over a thousand likes, which for me was huge. And um, countless people read it and they found both my blog and the forum. The rest, as they say, is history. So my purpose for recounting that story is that so often when I've been at the end of my resources and I felt like there is nothing more to life but the painful circumstances I've found myself in, so often this is the moment when amazing things, things beyond my wildest dreams are about to happen. 
In 2017, I just needed to be prepared to take a couple of steps. Start the forum in faith, believing others will join and not be afraid to submit an article for publication. Those two actions turned future years into purposeful and exciting days, weeks and months. If you're sitting at home and it's getting over the holidays and thinking about the new year and you're feeling like you can't see ahead, don't lose hope. You are not alone. Chronic illness can feel all-encompassing and does place huge limitations on our lives. It doesn't have to make us a prisoner though. We do this to ourselves if we only dwell on what we can't do rather than what we can do. Chronic illness is a part of our life. It's not all of our lives. Opportunities can present from the flicker of a quiet thought. Listen to your heart. Listen to those thoughts you think might be challenging you. Life can be exciting and amazing even from the confines of your own home. Don't be afraid to explore your ideas, even if you're scared and uncertain. The ideas which cause you to feel a little nervous and excited, they're often the ones that are worth pursuing. It means they're important to you. The details, the plans, the hopes, the dreams, twists and turns, they will reveal our 2022 life tapestry as we go. See where they lead. You may be wonderfully surprised. You don't have to see the whole tapestry. You just have to make the first stitch. Happy New Year, everybody. And I really look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much for listening. Lots of love. Take care.